0: Thanks for listening to this teaching from City of Life Church. Check out www.col.tv for more great teachings, service times, and information on upcoming events. Now, let's join the service already in progress. I want to turn your attention to 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 32. 2 Kings chapter 4 verse 32. I'm going to read this passage of scripture, then we're going to pray, then you can take your seats. I know uh, you're probably tired of standing and you're probably wondering, why do we stand so much in church? Uh, But it's for good reason. We come to celebrate the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You found 2 Kings chapter 4, say, I got it. If you can't find it, say, Lord, help me. The AV team's going to throw it on the screen for those that need help. It says in 32, when Elijah came into the house, he saw the child laying dead on his bed. So he went in, shut the door behind the two of them and prayed to the Lord. Then he went up and he laid on the child, putting his mouth on his mouth, his eyes on his eyes and his hands on his hands. And as he stretched himself upon him, the flesh of the child became warm. Then he got up again and he walked once back and forth in the house and went up and stretched himself upon him again. The child sneezed seven times. The child opened his eyes. Then he summoned Gehazi and said, "Call the Shunammite woman. And so he called her. And when she came to him, he said, pick up your son. She came and fell at his feet, bound to the ground. Then she picked up her son. went out let's pray Lord Jesus we thank you for this amazing opportunity to come in your presence and feed on your word we don't take it for granted that you have decided to dwell with us and so God we ask that you would do the unthinkable tonight We ask that you would change us from the inside out. We ask God that no one would leave this place the same way, but each and every one of us will leave different because we've had an encounter with you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. You can take your seats as you're sitting down. Turn to the person beside you. Tell them that's a stretch, that's a stretch. Come on, turn to the opposite person. Tell them that's a stretch. Now reach behind you, touch that person, tell them now, that's a stretch. That's a stretch. That's a stretch. There's an interesting happening going on in our culture where stores are now closing down because we no longer have to leave our homes to order anything. How many of you are big online shoppers? Wave at me. I can remember when eBay first came out. If you've been around for a while, you understand that eBay now is different from how eBay started. There was no uh, check and balances when it first started out. There was bidding and it was something called buy it now. And how many of you have ever ordered something and when it came, it was different than what you ordered? I remember when eBay first started off, I, I saw some Jordans and I thought, man, this price is unbelievable. This is amazing, a pair of Air Jordan 3s, my size, for 98 bucks. Buy it now. Why not? Seven days goes by. I receive a box in the mail. The box looks legit. I open the Jordan box. I see the Nike Air Jordan tissue paper on top. So far, so good. Roll back the tissue paper, and it's a pair of worn pumas. I'm like, wait a minute. I'll go back to the package. It has my name on it. I look at who sent it. There's no re- return to sender's information. So I go back online, I go back into my eBay. The person who I ordered the shoes from is no longer a member of eBay. I sent eBay a message. Back then there was no protocol to get your money back. There wasn't even PayPal. I had the Western Union that got money. I contact eBay, I'm like, I didn't get what I ordered. They said, you have to contact the seller. I said, the seller is no longer on eBay. They said, be careful next time you order. I said, thank you, eBay. I've just lost $98. But I received something I did not order. It's even worse when someone else orders for you. And they tell you this is what you can expect and you get what it was that you thought you were getting and it's completely different than what they told you. That's where this mother is. She's finding herself in a position where she was told to expect something, but what she got was not what she expected. Elijah finds this Shunammite woman some years Back on his journey here and fro, going back and forth, traveling and preaching and prophesying and ministering to people, and you understand that Elijah is this great man of God, and every time he comes across this path, he stops at the Shunammite woman's house, and her and her husband take care of Elijah. You, 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 you have to stay at a person's house a lot if they decide to build a room onto their house for you. You ever have family members that overstay their welcome? And you're trying to get them out the house or you start telling them, hey, I'm about to leave. And they say, I'll be here when you get back. You're like, no, you're missing the point. I'm about to leave, which means you need to leave too. You start making up excuses like, hey, we're gonna go to Disney World tonight to go see the fireworks. Do you wanna go with us so you can leave them in the park? Elijah's kind of overstand his welcome. This couple builds on a room onto the house for Elijah and it dawns on Elijah. I've stopped by this house a whole lot on my journey. Let me see what they need. So, so he, he tells his servant, find out what it is that they don't have. The servant comes back to him. He says, listen, I've kind of done some inventory. The only thing I can tell that they don't have is a son. So Elijah tells her around this time next year, you'll be holding your son. Sure enough, that's 40 year around that time. The same time next year, she gave birth to a beautiful baby boy. She thought she got what she was expecting. Some years pass. It says that the boy was in the field with his father. He complained that his head hurt. He passes out. The father takes him home places him in his mother's arms, and the boy dies. But what what do you do when what God promised you doesn't come to pass the way you expected it to? But what do you do when the word that you thought you received doesn't quite manifest the way you thought it should manifest? What do you do when you have a word from God, but it seems like the exact opposite is happening than the word that God gave you? Have you ever been given a word for your kids and it seems like the minute God prophesied something over your kids, all hell break loose in your kids? Oh, John's going to be an A and B honor roll student. He's not even going to school right now. You're going to get a promotion on your job. I just lost my job. Your relationship is gonna thrive. I'm on the verge of divorce. What happens when you get a word from God and what you expected and anticipated doesn't turn out the way that you thought it should? This mother is finding herself in a season where she is getting something that she did not order. She's getting something that does not look like what she was promised. She's receiving something that did not turn out the way she thought it should turn out. So the thing that she did was she returned what it was she received to the sender. She told her servant, let's go find Elijah. There was no GPS, there were no cell phones, There was no garment, there was nothing like that. The only thing she had was an unction in her spirit to where she could find him. This is the thing that I've come to learn. If you struggle for it, you'll fight to keep it. If you struggle for it, you'll fight to keep it. She struggled for this son, She, she gave birth to the son, she was in labor for this thing that God had promised her and so she could not stand to see what she was promised, die. If you struggle for it, you'll fight for it. So she she searched for Elijah. She said, I need to go find the man of God. She finds Elijah. She says, Elijah, what you promised me did not turn out the way that you promised it. Elijah says, hey, you know what? I'm kind of busy right now. Take my staff, lay it on the boy." She said, you didn't put your staff on me to get pregnant. You need to come with me right now. Elijah saw the urgency in her face. He dropped what he was doing and he went with the mother. It says that he got in the house. He saw the boy lying dead in his bed and he closed the door. This is what I believe. I believe we're stepping into a season of the closed door. This is the season of your life where you gotta shut off everyone who's been spectating and watching to see if what God promised can really happen. This is the season of your life where you got to separate yourself from everyone that tolerated you and surround yourself with people that celebrate you. This is the season of your life Where every naysayer that think maybe it can't happen needs to be on the other side of the closed door because what God desires to do in your life is show you and expose you to the impossible. So Elijah closed the door. Scripture says something very strange. It says that he went up to the boy, he looked at the boy, he then got on top of the boy, he put his mouth on his mouth, his eyes on his eyes, and his hands on his hands. And he stretched. Growing up, I used to ask my dad, I used to play basketball. and My dad was a big basketball player. I used to ask my dad, why? Why do we have to stretch? Why? It's painful. It hurts. Is it necessary? Why are we doing this? And my dad said, it's not why, it's how. In this passage of scripture, it's not why he laid on this boy. It's how he laid on this boy. Mouth to mouth, eye to eye, hand to hand mouth to mouth, eye to eye, hand to hand. This boy is dead. I don't know if you've seen some strange things over the course of your life, but this is pretty strange. He's stretched over top of this dead boy, mouth to mouth, eye to eye, hand to hand. He put his mouth on the dead boy's mouth because in this season, You have to start speaking what's dead back to life hear me hear me if the enemy can sift your words of faith he can delay the blessing that God has desired for you to walk into that's why it's so important that you make it in service in time for praise and worship because church service is just not about you getting what it is you want to get it's about you giving God his breath back it's about you speaking words into this atmosphere that says God you know what you are good all by yourself God you know what I'm going to praise you in good times I'm going to praise you in bad times I'm going to praise you on the mountaintop I'm going to praise you in the valley I'm going to praise you in my good season I'm going to praise you in my bad season although I'm going through the enemy is not going to steal my words. I'm going to speak over what it is I desire to see if that you make some noise in this place. Elijah Elijah is mouth to mouth with this boy because he understands life and death and the power of your tongue. He understands the power that I need is found in my mouth. What this boy needs is found in my words. When God wanted to create the heavens and the earth, he thought it, then he spoke it. If the enemy can take your language, then he can delay your destiny. Life and death in the power of your tongue. That's why it's so important that you don't start worrying when you're tested and you're tried, because worry is worshiping the plan of the enemy. If the enemy can get you to worry, then the enemy can delay what it is that God desires for you to see. You have to put your faith in your mouth. And you have to speak what it is that you can't see until you begin to see what it is that you spoke. When God wanted to see something, he began to speak something. When he wanted to see something, he began to speak something. Whatever it is that you desire to see, you have to begin to speak it. If the enemy can steal your words, he can delay what God desires for you to see. Put your mouth on whatever you think is dead. When Jesus' friend, Lazarus, died, it says that he went into the graveyard and he said, Lazarus, come forth. The reason he had to call him by name is because if he would have just said come forth everything that was dead would have came to life again there's power in your words start using your words as a weapon of warfare against the enemy listen to me you got every weapon you need in your mouth and your weapons won't fail Elijah's sitting here putting his mouth on the boy's mouth. He, he, he's understanding, if I'm going to see this boy come back to life, i must speak this boy back to life. It says he put his mouth to his mouth. Then it says he put his eyes to his eyes. Because every great leader sees what they're hoping for twice. You have to see what you're hoping for before you see what you're hoping for every great business leader, every great entrepreneur, every great leader sees what they've been hoping for twice. If you can see it before you see it, then you'll see it. Are you listening to me tonight? If the enemy can keep blinders on you, then he can delay what it is that you're trying to see come to pass. If he can distract you, if he can keep you off focus, if he can keep you blinded, then he will delay what it is that you've been trying to see come to pass. Listen to me. If you lose your focus, distractions begin to look like opportunities. If you lose your focus, distractions begin to look like opportunities. That's why Elijah closed the door because he had no time to be distracted by anyone who did not have their faith in the ability and the possibility that this boy could come back to life again. When you're in the midst of your struggle, you don't need people spectating. You need people believing with you. You need people hoping for you. You need people that says, "Listen, when you don't got faith, I got faith for you. When you don't got strength, I got strength for you. When you're too weak to stand, I'm here to hold you up." You need supporters. You need prayer warriors. You need real friends and family to surround you and circle you and say, "You know what? We got you. We're gonna stand in the gap for you. We're we'll believing God for you. We're praying for you. We're hoping for you, and we won't stop until you get what it is that you've been hoping for." put his eyes on his eyes. And he said, I won't remove my eyes until I see what God showed me. You can't take your focus off of what it is that God showed you until it manifests in this life. You have to have your faith anchored in God. You have to have your hope anchored in God. You have to have your words anchored in God until you see what it is that he showed you manifest in the spirit. Put his mouth on his mouth, his eyes on his eyes, and then he put his hands on his hands. Put his hands on his hands because hands in the Bible represent work. And scripture tells us that God will bless the work of your hands. God will bless the work of your hands. I know it looks dead right now, but God will bless the work of your hands. I I know it looks delayed right now, but God is about to bless the work of your hand. I know it's painful right now, but if you can just keep stretching, God is about to show you what he's already released on your behalf in this season of your life. If you can just keep working the work of your hands. It says that he did all that and then he stretched. It said then the boy got warm. Growing up in North Carolina. The country. We didn't have the privilege of having a lot of video games. Our video game was get outside. Go play. (laughs) Mama's hot. There's a water hose on the back of the house. Close my door, don't let my air-condition out. <laughs> Mom, I'm hungry, I'll call you when it's dinner time. That was our video game. My son won't know a life without video games. Everything has a video game. Cell phones have video games. Airports have video games. Everywhere you go, it's a video game, everywhere. There was none of that when I was growing up. We had a Jaguar. Some of you don't even know what that is. That was the first video game console. You had a disc, you put it in there, the disc would malfunction, you take the floppy disc out, you blew in it, then if it really messed up, you licked in it a little bit, then you blew in it some more, and you put it back in there. That was when I was 14, but we used to play something outside where my siblings would hide something. And based upon where I was in proximity to what they hid, they would say, you're cold. I would turn in the other direction. They say, you're getting warmer. I keep walking, they say, You're getting cold again. Say it must be this way. I walk back, they say you get warmer. Then when you get close to it, they say you're getting hot. I came to tell you tonight. You're getting warm, you're in proximity of what it is that God has spoken that you're about to walk into. You have not come this far to stop now. You have not come this far to give up now. You haven't been through all the hell you've been through to tap out now. You're too close to quit. If you can keep stretching, if you can keep going, if you can keep walking, you'll possess what it is that God has spoken and promised you, keep going. I dare you to shake the person beside you and tell them keep going. Says that Elijah got up off the boy. The boy got warm. It says he walked once back and forth and then he stretched again. This is the season where you can't give up the first time it don't work. This is a season you got to stretch again. But not only is it the season that you have to stretch again, it's the season that you just got to get over it. You, you got to get over your problems. You got to get over your issues. And I know some of you are thinking, man, that's pretty insensitive, Pastor. I'm not talking about getting over it from the standpoint of moving past it. I'm talking about you got to get over it. It says Elijah got over the boy. You got to get over your marriage. You got to get over your finances. You got to get over your situation. You got to get over your circumstance. You got to get over your kids. You got to get over your debt. And you got to start putting your mouth to its mouth, your eyes to its eyes, your hands to its hands, and stretch again. Somebody shout, get over it. Come on, find somebody that will agree with you. Tell them, I don't know what it is you've been going through, but it's time for you to get over it. Yeah, your body's wrecked with pain. Get over it. Yeah, it seems like your marriage is in shambles. Get over it. I know it seems like you've been dealing with the same thing for years. You got to get over it. It may look dead, but it's not dead. It may look like it's the end, but it's not the end. It's just the intro. God said, I am a God of the impossible. If you believe in me, if you have faith in me, I can take what the enemy meant for evil and turn it around for your good. He said, I am a God of more than enough. He said, I'm willing to do exceeding abundantly above all that you could ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. If you're crazy enough to believe that, why don't you lift both hands and shout to the top of your lungs, stretch. I believe I'm in a room full of some crazy believers tonight. I believe God is about to break loose and break forth in your life like never before. Miracles are about to pop off. Breakthroughs are about to pop off. You ain't been through all you've been through for God to bring you this far and leave you. It's all been a setup for increase. He's been setting the stage for your miracle. When we hear the word revival, we think, oh man, this is, this is great revival. But we really don't understand that in order for revival to be revival, something must first be dead. In order for us to really understand the spirit of revival, We have to acknowledge that something has died. The only way that God can revive something is that it must die first. There's something that has been laying dormant in your life that Jesus desperately desires to revive. If it was not a mismatch, it would not have been a miracle. He did not wait till it got sick. He did not wait till it went to sleep. He waited till it was completely impossible for you to do anything so that he could revive it. See, Jesus is only into performing miracles that he can get credit for. If you can do it, you don't need him. If you could perform it, you don't need him. If you can make it happen, you wouldn't need him. He's only into performing miracles that he can get the credit for. Which leads me to my first point. Number one, your fruitfulness is tied to your discomfort. Your fruitfulness is tied to your discomfort. I know it's uncomfortable. I know it's inconvenient. I know it's costing you, but your fruitfulness is tied to your discomfort. I know you've been in this season for a long time, but your fruitfulness is tied to your discomfort. I know it's been years you've been struggling with the same thing over and over and over again, but your fruitfulness is tied to your discomfort. If you're still struggling, it's proof that you have not been overtaken by your enemy. Your, 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 your fruitfulness is tied to your discomfort. You, you can imagine how uncomfortable this mother is anticipating what she's been promised, and she gets it, and then it dies. It's uncomfortable. It's inconvenient. It's emotional. What we create, if we're not careful, is a pretty Christianity that tells us we won't have to fight for things. It tells us we won't have some real-life struggle. It tells us we won't have to deal with some issues. The good news is Jesus says, I'll never leave you, nor will I forsake you. He says, I'll be with you To the very end of all time. You're gonna go through some tests. You're gonna go through some trials. You're gonna go through some tribulation. But the good news is you don't have to go through them alone. He says, I'm with you, and I'm for you. Your fruitfulness is tied to your discomfort. Number two, your most trying times will lead to your most defining moment. Your most trying times will lead to your most defining moments. We would have never read about this particular passage of scripture if this was not this mother's most trying time. Not not only that, but Elijah has a promise that he would do twice as many miracles as his mentor Elijah. This is his first miracle and it seems like the first thing he does falls flat dead. It's a trying time. And sometimes God gives you a word and it does not live up to your expectation. But the thing that I've come to learn is God doesn't live up to our expectation, but he always lives up to his word. God doesn't live up to what you expect him to do, but he always lives up to what he said he would do. He doesn't live up to our expectations, but he always lives up to his word. Your most trying times will lead to your most defining moments. If you can stay the course, if you can stay the course, if you can keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, he says he'll give you strength when you're weak. And he says he'll make you strong. Most trying times lead to your most defining moments. Point number three, this is where we're going to stick a pin in it for now. Point number three is this, God can produce good things out of a bad situation. Are you listening to me? I said God can produce good things out of a bad situation. I know it looks bad right now. I know it looks tough right now. I know it looks insurmountable right now. I know it looks impossible right now, but God can make good things happen out of a bad situation. If you keep stretching, he said, I can turn it around. The thing that stands out to me the most in this particular passage of Scripture, the boy was lying dead in this house. It says, Elijah went into the house, and he closed the door. The boy was dead, but Elijah believed that there's a miracle in this house. If you get nothing else out of tonight, I just came to declare and decree that there's a miracle in your house. And you can receive that or not, but I'm coming to tell you there's a miracle in your house. There's a miracle in your house. What you thought was dead is not dead. It's a defining moment. And God is a God of divine reversals. What the enemy meant for evil, he'll turn it around for your good. It may not happen on the first stretch, but if you keep stretching, he said, I'll bring it back to life. Don't stop stretching. Don't stop believing. Don't stop hoping. Don't stop having your faith anchored in Jesus. Because it's not over. I said it's not over. It's not over. Oh, it's not over. Me and my wife, we love to go to movies and when we can. We got a two-year-old about to be three, so it's kind of hard for us to go as often as we would like, but we, we really like Marvel movies. How many Marvel comic fans are in the house? And any Marvel comic buff knows that when the movie ends, you stay in your seat. We get a kick out of it because we go and we sit down and then the movie ends and, and people start to leave. And my wife always looks at me. She says, should we go? I said, no, girl, there's more. She said, how do you know? I said, because it always is. People leaving, they walking out, they grabbing their stuff, they grabbing their kids, dragging them down the steps. The credits are rolling. The movie's over. The music is playing. And if you're not careful, you'll think this is the end. But then at the very end of all of that, the music stops, the lights dim again, and they begin to give a preview to what's about to happen next. just like Marvel, it may look like the end. The credits may be rolling, people may be walking out, the music may be playing, but if you can just sit still a while and wait on the Lord, he says, I'll give you a preview to what I'm about to do in your life. I'm about to show you how good I am. I'm about to blow your mind with what you're about to see. I'm about to give you a glimpse of what's next. I'm about to open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing so much so that you can't receive it all by yourself. All you got to do is be patient to wait and see what I have in store for you is there anybody in here that's willing to stretch one more time this concludes the teaching if you'd like to support what god is doing here at city of life click on the give button at www.col.tv or text a dollar amount to the number 855-997-6900 we hope you'll join us again